0: Hey everybody, this is Kylie Gable. Welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. Okay, I admit it, I'm proud of myself. Uh, I was having trouble Eclipse Clips for Sale because I was trying to upload an audio that Jen Davis had already uploaded and um, because of that it wasn't letting me do it. So if you do decide to buy the audio from tonight's show, and it's a good one, it's actually over an hour, uh, there is a very short, like five minute audio from Mistress DJ at the end, which is how we were able to get Clips for Sale to approve this audio. So very proud I found a way out of it. It's been a crazy week. It's already 10 o'clock, I'm just starting this, and when I'm done with this audio, I have lots of other things that I have to do tonight. But, I told you I'd be back, I am, it's been a pretty good week, even though it's been a crazy week, and uh, I am really excited about this particular audio, and the ones that we have coming up as well. So, without further ado, it's called Trial of a Feminizer, and this particular audio takes place literally a guy runs into a police station handcuffed i believe wearing lingerie and tells a ridiculous story at least to the police about being feminized by this dominatrix abducted and feminized and of course a trial ensues and you can imagine how the media is all over the trial so This woman is not acting the way you would expect a woman who has, you know, got very serious charges against her to act, and her own defense attorney wonders, does she have something up her sleeve? What's the deal? Anyway, Jen has told me this is her favorite story I ever wrote. In fact, she just like, as soon as she read it, she just like had to email me to tell me, wow! So... I don't know if it's that good, but she thinks it is, and I love her reading of it. So here it is, Trial of a Feminizer, written by myself and Claudia Costa, and narrated by Jen Davis.
1: That's wonderful, Mr. Ray. I do appreciate your courage, applauded Miss Yee. If you would please follow the bailiff, she'll take you to the changing area and assist you with any difficulties you might have. Now, Paula Yee may not have approved of these theatrics, but she was a very shrewd barrister and had noticed there were two bailiffs assigned to that courtroom. One, Reinhold, had a surprising nerdy name for a former college football player who stood six and a half feet tall and weighed in somewhere north of three hundred pounds. The other bailiff, however, a woman named Melanie, was a tall, striking Latin beauty, Yee's perceptive nature had made note of Mike Ray checking her out earlier, and that little piece of information was what she planned on putting to practical use now. When she'd approached Melanie earlier, the bailiff was quite happy to help, and didn't even bat an eye when Paula asked her if she could be extra sensual if possible when she did it. So as Melanie led her charge away from the courtroom, down the hallway to a changing area where the outfit was already laid out. She tried to reassure him by telling him, "'You know, I really admire you for fighting this head-on. Now you only have to return to the courtroom with your head held high and show everybody that all this stuff really doesn't turn you on, when they can see that you wearing silky panties and all those extra sexy clothes doesn't turn you on the slightest.' You can simply slip back here and change right back. I said in my testimony none of this was anything I'd have chosen, he replied uncertainly. Right, said Melanie, smiling, while she opened the door to a small meeting room with just a table and a couple of chairs. On the table lay the clothes that he was to wear back to the court. Mike felt a stirring in his groin as Melanie said, So let's show them you're not some bitch that they can just push around. As Melanie motioned Mike inside, she saw beads of sweat beginning to form over his brow and on his upper lip. A knowing smirk creased her lips. She held up a pair of panties and mused. I wonder if I could borrow these sometime. I might be within two years of thirty, but I've still got the body to pull that off, don't you think? Er... I I I wouldn't know. I mean I mean about borrowing it, not about your body, he blushed. Oh, well, let's get you dressed, she chuckled quietly at his discomfort. I can do it myself. I've had to do this enough times that I know my way around a panty drawer. Don't be silly. It's really no trouble. Besides, it's part of my job, said Melissa. But despair you blushes. I'll wait right outside while you put on your panties, okay? Then you promised to call me in. She closed the door without waiting for an answer. Mike Ray took a deep breath and wiped the dampness from his forehead before taking off his coat and tie and unbuttoning his dress shirt. Ava had to be behind this. Only she could have chosen his favorite outfit, he thought. Not only would the material be rubbing against him constantly, making it really tough to not become aroused... But the tight skirt of the latex dress would make it really obvious to the jury that at least one part of him was enjoying itself. Realizing that he had no option, he stepped into the baby blue panties and pulled them up tight, and then turned and opened the door for Melanie. She would be eminently professional, but she was quite sure that she would enjoy the next half hour immensely. Picking up the push up bra, Before Mike even knew what was happening, she'd spun him around and had strapped it on his chest, quickly adjusting the straps for a perfect fit. She inserted a pair of plump chicken cutlets to give him the rough approximation of boobs, and then sat him down to help him with his stockings. Melanie's perception of Mike was rapidly changing. By the time she was zipping him into the short, tight rubber dress, he had a completely different persona. Whilst he'd been fidgety and resistant in the beginning, it felt as if each piece of feminine attire took him further and further down the road to submissive sissy status. She pulled the black leather thigh-high boots up, his leg to his knees. She didn't even think that she would have been able to walk in those five-inch spiked heels, but he seemed as comfortable wearing them as he was in his men's shoes. Wow! You really pulled together. Nice girlfriend, teased Melanie. But Mike just looked down and blushed. Melanie was a stunning woman, and Mike blushed even more when she told him. All my friends and I would totally kill for your figure. Thank you, whispered Mike in a very feminine voice. Now, let's get you all made up. I was told you can do your own makeup, so I'll just help you with anything you might need. Why even style your hair for you, offered Melanie helpfully. I don't know, is all that really necessary? Just because you don't like this stuff doesn't mean you shouldn't look your best, does it? You do want to win the jury over, don't you? Yeah, but what difference does it make? You don't really like dressing up all pretty, do you? No, of course not, he maintained, a little too adamant. "'Good. So no problem, then. Come on, let's quickly get you finished. Judge Gibbons doesn't like to be kept waiting. Actually, I've never met a judge that did.' Thirty minutes later, Mike and Melanie emerged from the changing room. Mike was now completely gone, and in his place was his feminine alter-ego, Michelle. He stumbled forward, not because of the height of his heels, but because of the erection rapidly growing between his legs.' (laughs) Melanie quietly laughed to herself, because she could already see he was flushed, and his breathing was becoming shallow. As Mike entered the courtroom, an audible gasp went up from the jury and the spectators. They had never expected that he would make such an attractive woman. He wasn't just passable. He was definitely very sexy, and he carried himself exactly like the woman he appeared to be. Order, called the judge, smacking his gavel down in irritation at the noise from the audience. Order in the courtroom, please. Ava Hendricks smiled a grin that would have made the Cheshire Cat proud. Everybody in the jury had to have seen. The formal courtroom setting only added to Mike Ray's discomfort. He was always utterly delicious when he was dressed like this, but his obvious fear made him even more delectable. Miss Hendricks wanted nothing more than to stuff a ball or even a penis gag between his two scarlet lips, securely tie his wrists behind his back, clip a collar and leash around his neck so that she could walk him around the courtroom, and there would be absolutely no doubt what he was and who he belonged to. "'Wow! You really do look fabulous!' exclaimed Miss Yee, looking at the now undeniably sissified witness." But are you sure that you're not turned on at all by dressing that way? No, I'm not. Of course I'm not, stammered Ray in a breathy feminine voice. May I remind you, Michelle, that you're still under oath. I know, he said pathetically. "It, it, It really doesn't turn me on. He was almost pleading with her to believe him, to make himself believe it. Ray looked over at the jury. The beautiful, tall redhead was covering her mouth with her hand. Whether it was in shock or trying to stifle a laugh, he couldn't really tell. A pudgy male juror seemed utterly transfixed by the witness's feminized image. Michelle, I'd like you to walk around the front of the courtroom and let everybody get a really good look at you, instructed Miss Yee. Your mistress says that you have a very sexy walk, she added as he stood up. Your Honor, I must object, sighed Hamilton. Hasn't this farce gone on far enough? Overruled, ordered Judge Gibbons. This isn't professional basketball counsel. You'll get no points for whining in here. As the sissified Mr. Ray sashayed about the courtroom, he could feel himself begin to leak pre If he didn't get changed back soon, it was quite possible he'd have a very public accident right in front of the jury. Then the woman who had feminized him would walk out, scot-free. He tried to think very unsexy thoughts. Now, Mr. Ray, are you in any way excited or aroused right now? I have to tell you that you look very flushed to me pointed out miss yi pausing to take in mr ray's humiliation hmm i think i can see what the problem is stated yi as if she suddenly remembering something important reaching into her briefcase she withdrew a very large realistic-looking black dildo oh no moaned mike almost as if he were in pain Oh, Judge, please, the defense has now brought a blatant sex toy into your courtroom. This simply cannot be permitted to go on any longer. I must object in the strongest possible terms. And this farcical fetish exhibition now, demanded Hamilton. Mr. Hamilton, you will mind how you address me in my court. I can see very well that's a sex toy. But quite obviously this whole case is about sex, blatant sex. Everything is about sex, except sex, and that's about power, quipped Judge Gibbons with a famous Oscar Wilde quote, but unfortunately only Miss Yee seemed to recognize it. The judge at this point seemed surprisingly on her side, so she decided to push the envelope a bit. Michelle, can you identify what this is that I'm holding? asked Yee. It's, it's a dildo, replied Ray. And whose dildo is it? It's it's my dildo, or, I mean, it's... Objection. Counsel is obviously leading the witness, interjected Hamilton, slightly too late, and having missed the reference to his feminized name. Overruled. But please do get on and make your point, Counsel. Certainly, Your Honor. So, could you please tell the court why you have a dildo? This dildo. I... I had to use it to practice with, he replied plainly, very near to tears. The redhead in the jury was definitely laughing at him now. And pray, what was it that you practiced with your dildo exactly? Giving blowjobs and taking it in my behind, muttered Ray quietly. So you would characterize what you did as practicing sucking cock and taking it up your ass? Yes, he croaked, nodding. Well then, would you mind giving us all a demonstration of your much-practiced cock-sucking techniques, she asked, approaching the witness and quickly shoving the dildo into his surprised open mouth. Then, as he sat there dumbfounded and sucking on the large rubber phallus, she took the opportunity to stand very close to him, and while ostensibly pointing out various parts of the outfit, managed to brush herself sexily against him. Ray went wild. She was showing off his stockings and gently running her hand up his thighs while she felt a drop of liquid fall on her wrist. Looking up, she saw that Ray was in the process of having one of the largest orgasms of his life, certainly the biggest he'd ever had without being actively fucked or stroked off. A wave of acute embarrassment came over him. He looked over to the entrance and saw Melanie smiling broadly and winking at him. The red-headed juror was now openly laughing at him, while the pudgy juror still seemed totally mesmerized at the whole scene. You do that very well, said Ye. I don't know if you just realize how good you are at that. Have you sucked many cocks? I remind you that you're under oath." Yes, replied Ray, removing the dildo from his mouth. It was now coated with his lipstick. Look at that lipstick, pointed out Yi, as she had Ray hold the lipstick-covered dildo up for the jury. A very tall, red juror seemed totally transfixed. Paula Yi wondered if this woman could actually be enjoying Mike Ray's sexual humiliation. She decided to go further along these lines. Tell me about the dressing room incident asked Yi. "'I don't know what incident you're referring to,' replied Ray. "'I'll refresh your memory,' offered Yi. "'You told the police that on November 19th of this year "'you were left in the dressing room at a Bon Charles department store.' "'That's right,' agreed Ray meekly. "'We had been shopping for four hours, "'and I was getting tired of trying on outfits.' So when you say you are tired, that implies that you didn't object to trying on outfits merely, that you were worn out from trying on so many. Is that correct, Mr. Ray? asked Yee confidently. I suppose, replied Ray flustered, but I described the outfit that you were wearing, Mr. Ray, interjected Miss Y I I was wearing a red dress that came to about mid-thigh. It was open and back with ruffled cap sleeves, reminded Ray. "'You remember a lot of detail,' smiled Miss Ye. "'What about your shoes and your underwear?' "'The dress had a built-in bra, "'but I had on red lacy panties and the red heels "'that I have been practicing my walk-in,' answered Ray. "'What about stockings?' asked Miss Ye. "'Did you wear any stockings?' "'Yes, I usually wore pantyhose, "'but that outfit I had a garter belt and stockings,' replied Ray." What did they feel like? They were very sheer, he paused. When you ran your finger on them, it felt so slippery and electric at the same time. And what did the accused say to you in the dressing room, Questioned ye? She said if I was going to be a bitch, I could find my own way home, replied Ray. So you were totally free? No, she tied my hands and ankles together with old pantyhose, and then took another couple of pairs and gagged me with them. She left me tied up in the dressing room. Oh, how awful, commented Yee. How did you get free? The two girls who were closing up the shop found me. I had been tied in the dressing room for four hours, while women came past to try on things. And did they let you go? No, they told me they were going to call security to turn me over to the police for spying on their customers in the dressing room. Did they? No, their boyfriends were picking them up after work. They had me give them both blowjobs in exchange for not calling security. Whose idea was that? It was theirs, but I... What was it like to have a cock in your mouth? This is preposterous, I object. The witness should not be answering such questions, demanded Hamilton. Withdrawn, said Miss Yee, before the judge could even react. What happened after you satisfied both men? asked Yee. They took me back to Mistress Ava's place. Thank you, Mr. Ray. I don't have any other questions, though I suggest you change into a clean dress. You're dripping Come right down your leg. Tears began to trickle down Mike Ray's cheek, and he tried not to look over at Ava Hendricks, who smiled, quietly celebrating his downfall. "'The jury all strained to get a closer look at the damning cum-trail. "'Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, "'you are not here to judge this man's sexual kinks and proclivities, "'but to get to the bottom of some very specific incidents "'that happened between this man and my client. "'I urge you to consider how easily and powerfully Mr. Ray became aroused "'merely from being dressed as a sissy.' "'and having a powerful orgasm with no physical manipulation or touching. "'You cannot force the willing.' "'Mike hung his head in shame. "'He had come in his own panties, turned on by the clothes he was wearing, "'the dildo in his mouth, not to mention the cute defense attorney "'subtly stroking him as she showed off his outfit.' Humiliation that had begun as just something to be endured in the privacy of his mistress's house was now probably going to be all over cable news by this evening. "'Well, you should be happy, Ava,' said Paula, sitting across the conference table from her client. "'That couldn't have gone much better.' "'Yes. Oh, the look on his face when he came in his panties was absolutely priceless,' chuckled Ava. "'You did an excellent job, Paula.' "'Well, tomorrow we begin the case for the defense. "'I think we're in pretty good shape, especially after today, "'but it's really important that you present yourself in a sympathetic light. "'One who feels shocked and betrayed by Mike's actions,' exclaimed Paula. "'I see,' said Ava, skeptically. "'Well, I've had a long day in court, "'and I really don't feel like going through a long list of hypothetical questions tonight.' "'I understand, but we aren't home and dry yet.' We really do need to present you as the victim here. (laughs) Me, laughed Ava. (laughs) I'm hardly the victim. Be that it may, growled Paula through gritted teeth, if we want to win this, we still need to portray you in that way. We don't want the jury thinking he was forcibly feminized. We've been over this before, Miss Yee, and Mr. Ray's depiction of the vents is mostly accurate. That doesn't matter. What does matter is if he can convince a jury of that. You need to show that you're not the monster that he makes you out to be, advised Paula. I'll remember that, nodded Eva as she rose to her feet, much to Paula's surprise. I'm sure we'll win this. Wait, pleaded Paula. We really need to go over our questions and your answers. No, I don't think we do. I'll be much more prepared with a good night's sleep. Whatever you think of me, I'm not a stupid woman. I know the sort of things that Dimwood, Mr. Hamilton will ask me. He's a very linear thinker. I suppose so, grimaced Paula. But do try and look a bit softer tomorrow, please. If you have anything floral or pastel, please wear it. Pastels, laughed Ava. She shook Paula's hand warmly and was out the door leaving her lawyer to sit back down at the table and shake her head. She always hated unpredictable clients. Day 3 The next morning Paula E was there bright and early. She wore a sapphire blue suit that looked both professional and feminine. She was reviewing her notes when her client walked in, clad in a very tight black leather pencil skirt. ivory-colored silk blouse that would undoubtedly draw everyone's attention to her proud 38D breasts. Her hair was in a tight bun, and her lips were generously coated with a very bright blood-red lipstick. On her feet, she wore black, shiny kid leather pumps with a five-inch spiked heel. In short, an outfit diametrically opposed to what Miss Yee had suggested— In her best professional judgment, she doubted that she could have picked a worse outfit for her client to wear. Oh my God, Ava, didn't you hear anything I said yesterday? You mean my outfit, asked Hendricks rhetorically? Oh, I don't think we'll lose this case, because I didn't dress up like an Easter basket. I just have to be me. I can't be anybody else. But... Oh, relax, you've got this nailed, sister. Besides, if I was dressed like something I'm not, I wouldn't have felt comfortable on the stand, and the jury would have sensed it. This is much better, reassured Ava. Well, we'll soon find out, I guess, said Yee, resignedly. Hamilton noticed Ava Hendrick's outfit immediately and was grinning broadly to himself. He was an experienced barrister, and knew what the wrong outfit or posture could mean to a testimony, and she looked decidedly predatory in that dominatrix secretary outfit. Hamilton was anxious as he waited his chance to cross-examine her, while Hendricks answered the first couple of questions from her own attorney. The questions were the mundane, sort of opening ones to establish location and all other things that had already been covered. The third question should have also been routine, too. Miss Hendricks, what was going through your mind when you approached Mr. Ray that night in the bar? Asked Yee. I thought he was perfect, replied Hendricks. This was not the answer that Yee had been expecting. They had been over these questions at least a dozen times, but this was a new answer. Perfect, Miss Hendricks? In what way? Yee had dropped the use of Miss for miss, in an effort to soften her client up, despite her stern appearance. Well, in several ways, really, explained Hendricks, with his baby face and those delicate features, also his size. I could easily tell he would make a very attractive sissy maid. The way he looked around the bar, as if someone was going to kick him out at any moment, told me that he was very obedient, and he seemed well-groomed, which let me know he'd be a very capable house cleaner, since he was by himself. I figure that he wouldn't have a lot of friends, and certainly there was no girlfriend looking for him. In a word, he was perfect. Um, replied Miss Ye, flustered. So you approached him looking for a night of pleasure, and... My pleasure? His pain, smirked Hendricks. The way she said it sent a cold shiver up Ray's spine. I see, replied Miss E, composing herself yet again. There's a lot about domination play that can seem a little scary at first. But would you say that you ever did anything to Mr. Ray against his will? Michelle's will, giggled Hendricks. <laughs> she had never much of a will to begin with. Certainly none that I would ever take into account. If you have a puppy, do you ever worry about the puppy's will? If Michelle was a good girl... I'd keep her happy. If she disobeyed, well, things could then get very unpleasant. Strangely, they never prepared you in law school for when the defendant freaks out, especially under your friendly questioning. This wasn't the first time it had happened to Paula. But it didn't make it any more pleasant. If her client was determined to brag about her misdeeds, the best thing she could do for her own good was to get her off the stand as quickly as possible, and shorten the misery. Unfortunately, Hamilton would get his chance now, to give the dominatrix enough rope to tie herself up, and probably hang herself. As he finished the last question, Hamilton licked his lips in anticipation. Hello, Miss Hendricks. Do you think I would make a good sissy? No, you're too fat, and you'd make a hideous woman. Darn, I feel like I must be missing out on something. You're also a little bitch, snapped Hendricks. So I'm a little bitch, laughed Hamilton incredulously. That's what I said, bitch, replied Hendricks. Objection, the prosecutor is badgering the witness, objected Miss Yee. It looks to me like the witness is badgering the prosecutor, quipped Judge Gibbons. Overruled. "'Miss Hendricks, do you recall what happened on March eighth? asked Hamilton. "'I do,' smiled Hendricks wistfully. "'That was Michelle's coming-out party.' "'For the benefit of those of us who weren't there, "'please explain what exactly constituted this coming-out party.' "'I had Michelle get all dolled up in this jade-green mini-dress she owned, "'heavy makeup, and a pair of skyscraper heels. "'She was smoking hot.' When we walked into that club, every eye in the place was on my Michelle, beamed Ava. How would you describe this club? asked Hamilton. It's a place called Leather. It's an alternative club with people of all sexual orientations and preferences. A little sissy like Michelle would always fit right in there. But it wasn't some open-minded pansexual that you hooked Michelle up with, was it? No, I guess not, giggled Hendrix. Would you please elaborate, for the benefit of our jury exactly, who you trapped Mr. Ray into flirting with? It was a group of four guys from the suburbs, she replied. Even you must appreciate the irony. They came down to look at the freaks. I'm sure they never thought they'd get to be with one. In fact, they probably went back home, thinking it was a very hot chick who blew them. Michelle was amazing. She took all four of them in her mouth like a pro, with only a bit of prodding from me. They all laughed with smiles on their faces. She had something else on hers, but I don't see who that harms. You don't think making a man have oral sex with four strangers against his will causes any harm? I object, Your Honor. It hasn't been established that this was against Mr. Ray's will, interrupted Ye. That's all right, Paula. I can answer this, said Ava Hendricks. The judge simply shrugged his shoulders, and with an exasperated sigh, Paula sat back down. Not letting Michelle suck cock would be like taking Michelangelo's paints away. It would be like deflating Michael Jordan's basketball. That sissy has a very talented mouth. In your opinion, Miss Hendricks, did he enjoy sucking cock for you? I hardly see how that is relevant. The prosecution rests your honor, said Hamilton cheerfully. Polly Yee groaned to herself. Putting a defendant on the stand is always risky, but her client had insisted on it. Now a case that they had appeared to be winning had completely fallen apart. What kind of an idiot of a defendant uses the trial as an opportunity to brag and gloat about their crime? This kind of display was self-destructive, but it also made her look totally incompetent as a defense attorney.
0: This is an older audio, and so I kind of forgot about how much I liked it myself. Uh, That is Trial of the Feminizer, uh, read by Miss Jen Davis. And uh, eh, that was about half of the audio. It's a little over an hour, and you got a good 30 minutes there or so. So if you liked it, there's a whole other half of the trial to go. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in this week. We will, of course, be back next week. Uh, The two months off that I take during the year are the months of November and May. So we still have a couple months to go until May. Which means by the time that I uh, take another break, the weather will have changed considerably. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it this week. Uh, Be back next week. I will be with another great audio. Take care. Bye-bye.